What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. guys five movies this one of your co-host chris gasper this is frank pelicone you are listening to the quick cage and frank which nicholas cage movie are you going to tell us about tonight so tonight we're going to talk about the uh 2017 crime thriller mm. uh vengeance a love story um it's directed by johnny martin who doesn't have a link on the wikipedia page so i don't know what he's done um also stars uh, Don Johnson, uh, Deborah Unger, and a couple of other actresses and actors that I don't know. So, like, a couple of them I think I recognize, but I'm not sure from where. Um, it is based on a Joyce Carol Oates novella um, called Rape, A Love Story, which I guess they didn't figure would um, yeah, that's, that's not fly the title that well on the box yeah. office. Right. Although... It only grossed $73,000 $73, in its box office run, so it probably wouldn't have mattered. Maybe it would have gotten more people in the other way. All right. It's, so, inter- it's interesting that Rape, a Love Story, also does not have a Wikipedia link. Because <clears throat> I think it's in a collection of um, mm. short stories and novellas. That's why I think it's not. Gotcha. Or maybe no one's ever been like, hey, you know what I need to do is uh, <laughs> make, a, make a wiki page about this fucking stupid-ass story. Yeah. Um, this is another one of these movies where it's like technically nothing happens but like so many things happen and they're so ridiculous so before we get into like actually talking about this movie as 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 some backstory and you and I talked about this off air like I don't ever come prepared for this shit like I know what my list is and then like I watch the movies and then I just kind of like wing it right like I don't have lists like notes or you know, I bring up the Wikipedia page if I got to refer back to something for like an actor's name or something like that. But for the most part, like it's just like going off the cuff. Right. I made 21 individual notes for this motherfucking movie. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure that I captured just how inane or I don't know, like nonsensical maybe. Mm-hmm. So here's the premise. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage is a widower who's a police detective in violent crimes in some county in New York that borders Niagara Falls. But I don't remember if they ever say what county it is. But he, he's like, it's like this small town. And he's a cop in this small town. So you get the impression, like, he's got no emotion. He's completely stoic all the time he seems like downtrodden so he meets this beautiful woman in this bar one night and i use beautiful subjectively but she's right. and she flirts with him and he kind of like lets her flirt with him a little bit and then they find out that they're both widowers and then you find out that he's like this superhero cop that's like beloved in the town because he's always like saving people um so she gives him her number and she leaves. So you think, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's what it's going to be. Is there's going to be like some romance here and then something happens to her? But no. It then cuts to her at a party with her boyfriend. And like, I swear to God, I was like, who is this woman? Is this the same woman? Like, because she's dancing around with no bra. And so, like, she got these hard nipples and her boobs are all bouncing around. And she's like half drunk and these like daisy dupes. And I was like, why is this? Like, what am I seeing? Is this the same woman? Like, I thought she was going to be with Nicolas Cage, but no. So she gets real drunk. She's there with her daughter. Her boyfriend wants her to stay. She refuses to stay. So she walks home through, like, the goddamned woods. Like, the most, like, ass-backwards way. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they take this long cut so they can go by this park that, they used to go to when 
the father was alive, like the girl, little girl's dad, the mm-hmm. woman's ex. Fucking horror movies don't even do that anymore. Uh, it's so bad, dude. So they're walking past this boathouse, and there's these four guys that are drinking outside the boathouse. And the guys are like, hey, baby, don't I know you from high school? And she's like, oh, yeah, haha, I remember you. My boyfriend's waiting. And he's like, no, bitch, you're getting raped. And I swear to God, like, that's what happens. Then they just beat the shit out of her and gang rape. Jesus. And it's like, they make the little girl watch. So the little girl, like, well, the little girl gets away because they're going to, like, beat her to death or something. And she hides and watches these, like, four men rape her mother, which fortunately is not, it, it's, it's gratuitous in the sense that it goes on forever, but it's like, like when you watch like daytime soaps that were trying to be edgy and somebody got raped, so it was like all about showing like the contorting face of the woman in pain and then her slipping into like unconsciousness as she whatever. It's 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 really poorly acted. Oh, didn't the one we did two weeks ago, wasn't that the half of the premise of that movie? Well, that's what starts the premise. You're talking about seeking justice. Yeah. With the the brown rabbit barks or whatever the fuck. Right. The rabbit laughs or whatever it is. It's a, anyway, anyway. So <laughs> they rape her. They all ejaculate inside her. This is like mentioned. I'm not <laughs> saying this because like they show it. I'm just saying it because they say it. And then they bang her head against the ground and leave her. So oh, left who say, who says it? Who says it? The, is the it, four is dudes it? that are like, oh yeah, here I come. And, oh, and then they like, you know, I mean, it's it's. I guess it's implied. So it's, like, it's like not part of like the investigation where it's mentioned. It's like, oh no, they know right away. They're like, oh, she's got semen and DNA. Oh like God. I swear to God, they, okay. They, can, let me, let me, let me, let me get there naturally. Okay. So no, I'm saying the idea that they never mind. Like, so this is actually shown in the rape scene itself. Like well, it they're implied, implied because of the way the guys right. are talking. Okay, like, all right, okay. They're showing their O faces. And, oh my god! Nobody's got a condom or anything. It seriously is like that scene in um fucking Office Space, but like, I mean, I kind of laughed at it, I guess. Um, anyway, so they leave her for dead. So the young girl, they just leave this kid there who's like a material witness to this rape. They're just like, all right, deuces, our rape's done. Let's go party, and then they go away. So then the little girl wanders out on the street and it just so happens that Nick Cage and his partner are coming back from solving another crime and happen to see the little girl and come back. And so they save the woman. She goes to the hospital. She's like badly beaten. But the little girl can. So Deborah Kerr Unger is the mother of this woman. And Deborah Unger as a mother is the stupidest, most spiteful bitch for like no reason. Nicholas Cage is like, look, your daughter witnessed this. I got to talk to her because we need to bring these men in, which I think is reasonable. Like, hey, they just committed a violent rape. We have an eyewitness to this rape. You know, let us talk to her so we can get it. And the Deborah, Deborah Unger's like, nah, you don't need to talk to her. She's seen too much. Leave her be. Let my daughter just heal. <clears throat> I don't know. She's an idiot. So anyway, so... Nicholas Cage persists and he talks to the little girl. So he forms this bond with this like nine year old. So they find out who it is. Like the little girl can identify him somehow to the point where like they get him right away. So then they bring all four of the guys in, bring the girl down to the police station. The girl like picks all four of them out in a lineup, go to jail, right? So hmm. then you find out that the two two of the dudes, there's four dudes. So two of the dudes are brothers. And it cuts to their mother, who's like, my boys never did no such thing. They are innocent. This woman's a whore. And then their father's like, nah, they probably did it. Like, let's just let them go to jail. Like, they they probably definitely raped this this woman. And she's like, fuck you. They raped this woman. Like, my, my boys is angels. They don't do nothing wrong. And, like, you can look at them and tell they're not angels. Because they got, like, that no-chin-having fucking, like, I, it, it, it's like they came and casted in Cecil County or something. I don't know because Western it's part of County. Yeah, yeah, it's I definitely guess. some like inbreeding going on. But anyway, so they hire. So they're Catholic somehow, even though that's it doesn't even matter. But they have a priest, and the priest is like, "Well, you know, 
there's this big shot slick city lawyer who got you know who helped out the catholic church getting some of the other fathers off if you know what i mean and uh he could probably like get your boys out of this you know conviction like this is a priest saying this shit about dudes that rape someone oh okay so i forgot that part so when they go into the boathouse to get her they come out and like seconds after getting to the boathouse the one cop's like yo we got semen we got dna we got material evidence all over the place this case is a slam dunk people mm-hmm. violate the crime scene and shit anyway so they hired so they go to don johnson and don johnson's like you know i can get your two boys off but i'm not cheap and the mother's like no amount of money is too much. Like, we can repay anything. My boys is innocent. So then Don Johnson tells him how much it costs. And I can't remember how much it is. But it's, 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 it's a considerable amount. <clears throat> and the father's like, so what would they get? Like, three years? Like, that's, that's probably all right. Like, we, we don't need to pay this money. <laughs> so then Don Johnson's like, oh, you know, money for the peace of mind, having your boys at home. Like, we can twist this case around and I'll have the jury eating out of my hand. Right. So mm-hmm. So the prosecutor is some plucky brand new like female assistant DA that they assigned this case to that's woefully over her head, just according to Kate Babe of the movie, not like in real life, like nobody knows what they're doing, so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, or in like the actual like context of the movie. So they go to court to have to set a trial date that's that's the reason they're there which means that like it's two lawyers saying like yeah like we need to do it here and then the one lawyer says well that doesn't work for me we need to do it here then the judge says cool we're gonna do it here and that's it right like that's what's setting a trial date mm-hmm. so for some reason the prosecutor starts like prosecuting the case and don johnson's like yeah. oh shit like if you're gonna prosecute the case i'm gonna defend the case and he stands up and he's like, this bitch is a whore. She sells herself for money. I heard that. I heard that, like, she likes it rough. I heard that it was consensual. Like, these boys, they didn't do nothing wrong. They were just having a good time. And she got mad because they didn't want to pay her price. So she attacked them and they defended themselves. What should they have done? And the and it's like, the kid was there. And he's like, oh, well, the kid's just sticking up for her mom. Like, I ain't no big city lawyer, but I'm saying that you know, these boys, like, you wouldn't pay. Like, they're just trying to have a good time. You know, they got a little drunk in them. She was drunk. You know, she's been a whore all her life. And it's like, the judge is like, yeah, I'll allow this. It's like the worst judge ever. Like, every the, time. The judge Johnson whose does, name is Judge Shapiro, but it's S C H P I R O. Oh, you did more research than me in like 30 seconds. So, <laughs> good on you. But he's like fist bumping Don Johnson, like they're buddies from the old days. So anyway, so at this fucking pre-trial scheduling hearing, if the case like, is, yeah, right. It pretty much is prosecuted in public, and like the audience is like, yeah, fuck that whore. And the judge is like, all right, let's calm down a little bit. He never bangs his gavel or threatens to clear the courtroom. He just lets it happen. And then the daughter is like, stop calling my mommy a whore. And the judge is like, I will hold you in contempt. Little girl, you need to calm down. So anyway, so completely unbelievable. This guy is a bit player in everything that he's ever done before this judge. Um, but I thought his, it was Fraser Crane <laughs> at first. I was like, is Kelsey Grammer in this movie too? What, what's really funny is he was actually also in Seeking Justice um, as well. Um, huh. But uh, his first role is Beverly Hills Cop. He's the bonded warehouse clerk number one. And Ooh. The funny thing is, I know exactly who that is. I knew who that is, too. I got uh-huh. So, oh. so anyway, so Nick Cage is pissed because whatever. And while the woman's in the courtroom, while there's like hundreds of witnesses, not hundreds, like maybe like three dozen witnesses in this courtroom, including the judge and the bailiffs and the lawyers, the dudes are sitting there going, I can't remember what this woman's name is. Like, let's say it's Laura, because it doesn't matter. They're like, Laura. Mm, Laura. Don't see you around. Like, these scumbags. Like, how is no one seeing this? 
Right. Like these guys right. are sitting here like harassing this witness, but that's cool because we got to build up this idea that you know the town looks out for its own, and they don't even look like they're not even like decent people, and like the family's not rich. It's not like any of the movies you see where it's like, oh, we got to protect like the wealthy son of like the local like land baron. It's like these dudes are like poor as shit living in a hobble. Right. Actually, their house is really nice. It's completely also breaks kayfabe because like there's like doilies on the table and it's just like this trash ass family don't got none of this nice shit um so then they begin a campaign of harassment against the woman and her child including taking the child's cat and killing it and hanging it in front of the front door and like mocking her as she like has to cut her cat down that's being hung and is dead. Tiger Lily, the same of the cat. I remember that for some reason. How far are we in this movie? Uh, there's maybe 40 minutes left. It goes oh, Jesus. Okay. So. Where's Nicolas Cage in this movie? Moping. <laughs> like, not really saying nothing, just kind of being sad. It, it's just, I so, know. But where? Just where? Around, you know, kind of like hanging you out. You have not background. mentioned Nicolas Cage in the past 10 minutes. He's sitting in court looking sad. That's it. Okay. He's just he's sitting, sitting in the court. diner looking sad. Okay. okay. He's being told, like, I don't know. He's just sad. He's that answers sad. my question. Okay. All right. So the woman tries to kill herself. Nicholas Cage saves her, brings her back, right? So Nicholas Cage is basically like, fuck this. I know she's not going to go to court. We need to bring these guys to justice. So guy number one is at a bar watching a fight and completely overacting like oh he's gonna go down in the six bam 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 who what what motherfucker in here wants to take twenty dollars and he goes down in six i know what's gonna happen bam 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 so <laughs> right well i mean i swear to god look like we look before movie. before a pandemic we frequented a bar <laughs> um has anybody ever sat there and like tried to take bets at the bar i don't know it's probably happened with some of those scumbags but never with us so anyway, so the, the boyfriend from the beginning of the movie, the one whose house she left after I thought she was Nicolas Cage's girlfriend, but she wasn't, is at the bar drinking by himself. And so Scuzzbag, he's like, I'll take your bet. Like, how much money you got? I'll take that bet. And he's like, oh, I got all the money you need. You're going to owe me a bunch of money. And then like two seconds later, oh, round six is over. They're both still standing. So then Scuzzbag gets pissed off and threatens to beat up boyfriend. Boyfriend's like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to fight you. And then the bartender kicks him out. And then you notice that in the background, in the booth, because it looks like a fucking outback, is Nicolas Cage just eaten by himself. So this is foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. So the boyfriend gets super drunk and he goes outside at the end of the night. Sorry, I didn't take a drink of my fucking yeah. delicious drink. What are, you, what, so are you boyfriend, what are you drinking right now? Um, I'm drinking gin and tonic. It's pretty goddamn mm -hmm. good. I can't remember what the gin is called. It's got an eyeball on it. Classic. It's a uh, lotus blossom and wormwood infused. It's, it's mm. pretty fucking delicious. It's expensive. Um, so I gotta drink it slow. I gotta so, be gotta be classy. To talk about this movie. Oh, I know. I gotta class it up because it ain't gonna happen talking about it. So boyfriend goes outside, opens his door, drops his keys, and then Scuzzbag runs up behind him and smashes him through the wind driver's side window of his car. Like, so imagine the door's open, he's bent over, and then he gets, like, football tackled so that his head smashes through fucking car glass. Yeah. So then Nicolas Cage comes out, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And the guy turns around and pulls a knife, and he's like, don't mess with me, copper, and then Nicolas Cage shoots him in the fucking forehead, and the guy dies. Like, just in the middle of the parking lot. Like, at, at, at yeah. the fucking, like, fucking Applebee's. Right. So, <laughs> Nicholas Cage calls the cops. He's like, no, I need an ambulance. Um, man's been assaulted. And uh, also the coroner. So, they bring Nicholas Cage in, and they're like, crazy that this guy's a suspect in the case <clears throat> that you're working on. And you shot him. You didn't know it was him. Nicholas Cage's like, meh, it was dark. And they're like, you didn't know it was whatever, like, Billy Ray? Nah, couldn't really tell. He's being aggressive, had a knife, had assaulted this man, and they're like, mm, kind of suspicious. 
And he's like, I don't know. Just happened. Not really suspicious. And they were like, oh, you weren't following him? And he was like, I was just having a hamburger. Hmm. All right. So was he having a hamburger? Oh, I don't know. He probably didn't say that. But he was eating hmm. some shit. Gotcha. Um, he was definitely following him. Like, spoiler. Right. Because they wanted to kill him. Right. And it just happened that the guy gave him the perfect opportunity and he shot him in the forehead without, like, right. with witnesses there without saying, like, drop the knife or put your hands on whatever. So then the two brothers um, are like, Don Johnson tries to get them to take a plea deal. And they're like, nah, you said we're innocent. That means we're innocent, right? I think we're innocent. We didn't do nothing wrong. She was a whore. Oh, oh, the guy that got shot. Is this movie also using the word whore a lot? Yeah, they do use it a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm. Nicolas Cage. Nicholas Cage, man, there's there's a whore and rape thing that's that's, that's happening. He, he he loves that like holy whore thing or whatever. Anyway, so the scuzzbag that got shot is at the bar, admitting to raping and beating this woman. He's like, "Yeah, we did it. We took care of her. I'm gonna get her again, and there's nothing you can do in public while he's up for trial for this crime." Right. Like the people are admitting it. Like just anyway. So. Don Johnson tries to convince the parents, like the Scuzzbag's parents, to take a plea deal, but they refuse because their boys are innocent. Except the father's like, uh, you know, maybe we should just take this deal because they're definitely not innocent and I'm going to lose my house because you think that they're innocent, but they're not. And we probably should just take this deal. And the mother's like, fuck that. My little boys are angels. They didn't do nothing. So then they decide they're not going to do it. So then the two dudes get their sisters, there's a younger sister, to go harass the daughter, like the nine-year-old daughter. They just murdered her cat. So they do that, and she gets all sad. So then the two brothers are getting tattoos, and the one brother is, like, autistic, and the other brother is an asshole. He reminds me of, you know what he reminds me of? Like, imagine, like, a really skinny Chris Jericho from, like, 1996. Okay. Like, that's what he looks like. Like, kind of in the face, and he's wiry, and he's, like, a smartass. So, he gets a call, and it's this this disembodied voice on the other end. It's like, hey. Oh, no, it's a woman on the other end. So, I don't even know where this woman comes from. That, that comes into it. That never comes into it again. So, this woman is like, hey, I got evidence that, she, you know, what so-and-so was a whore when she was in high school, and she's always been fucking dudes for money. And I got pictures, and it's gonna it's gonna be a rock solid case for you. Yeah. You come get this evidence, and like you'll never be convicted. Right. So these two idiots are smoking crack in their Trans Am, driving mm-hmm. to this meeting spot. Yeah. In fucking Niagara Falls, <laughs> and they get there, and there's a truck parked there, and they're like, "Oh, what's in this truck?" And it's like, "There's an envelope in the truck. What's in this envelope?" And I can't remember what was in the envelope because I don't think it matters. But then Nicholas Cage shoots them both and pushes them over the edge of the fucking falls. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So then... I mean, I mean, somebody's had to have smoked crack at Niagara Falls, like, right? I'm sure. Probably I wonder how many times people have... <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, you think about something like famous like that, like in nature and stuff, and it's like, somebody smoked crack there, yeah. Right. Somebody looked at it and was like, yeah, pass me that aluminum foil. Um, and then probably live there too. Mount Rushmore, Yosemite, right? Grand Canyon, right? The new Jollibee down in Bel Air, probably smoking crack there right now, too. Um, fuck, you made me lose my train of thought. This okay, woman so called, now, right? Who's the woman? So, we don't know. Oh, no, it doesn't matter because okay, it never, it's never mentioned again. McGuffin, that's fine, that could be your name. Her name and her designation. So, Nicholas Cage makes it look like the two brothers ran away because no one bothers to look over the falls. There's like, this is their car and it's abandoned. They must have run to Canada. There may be a reason why they think they ran to Canada, but I can't remember that part. So, then they have a press conference on their lawn because this is like big news. And the mother's like, my boys. My boys did not do it. They must have run to Canada. (coughs) 
because so and so is a whore, and <laughs> she's the one that should be on trial for this, not my boys, because they're innocent. But they probably did run away, and then their sister comes out and like, yeah, they're fucking fugitives in Canada. What? And then that's it, and that's that's the last time those people matter. Oh, and then the father comes back and like, well, bitch, you lost us our house because we ran to Canada. So then that storyline's over. So that's poor, poor dad. I mean, like he's an asshole, but he's just a hard worker. He's like, I worked thirty years to pay this house off, and you want a mortgage for these two idiots that probably did rape right. that girl? And she's like, my boys is innocent. I mean. She has the biggest dad, fish lips. Dad feels really uncomfortable. What's that? She has the biggest fish lips too, man. It's really uncomfortable. They're like mm-hmm. two fucking blood sausages or something. Unger, Unger? No, no, no. This is the other mother. Unger. Mm. I haven't even talked about Unger because she's a terrible character and it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So there's one guy left, and everything seems okay because they're all gone. And the young girl, like the nine year old, is adjusting again. And then the fourth guy shows up behind her at a clothing store, like in the child section, and is like, you need to tell your mom that I left before anything happened. Got it? I left before anything happened, or I'm going to come see you. Like, this dude is literally a a prime suspect in a rape, like, attempted murder charge, and is appearing in public to threaten an eight-year-old. Yeah. But that's how that's how fucking vengeance a love story rolls. So I don't remember how Nick Cage finds out, but he does. So then he gets another fake call to this guy, which is like, oh, remember me? We knew each other in high school. You were so cute back then. I got information about, you know, this whore bitch. That she was always a whore bitch. You should come see me at this motel. So the idiot does. So then Nick Cage is there. And he basically gets the guy to write a suicide note saying that, like, it was them brothers that did it. I'm sorry for my part in it. And then makes him put his hand on... Uh, So Nick Cage is holding a revolver against his head. He makes the dude put his hand on the revolver, and then Nick Cage shoots him in the head so that he'll have powder residue on his hands Mm. so that he can frame it as a suicide. And he does, and he gets away with it. So then at the end of the movie, Nick Cage, they're walking, he, he's walking out of the police station and Don Johnson's there. Like slick city lawyer, Don Johnson. And Don Johnson's like, well, Nick Cage character. Don't know about you, but I don't think the vigilante justice has any place in our society. And Nick Cage is like, don't know about you, but I think justice has a place in our society. And this was just karma anyway. And Don Johnson's like, you know, someday that attitude's going to put you in a position where someone like me is going to have to represent you. And Nick Cage says, you know, you better hope that someday your position doesn't put you in a place where I have to save you. Mm. And then Don Johnson goes and gets on a Harley for no reason. Like, he's never been on a Harley before. It's never been established that this matters. Well, he is Harley Davidson, right? Well, that's true. Or is he the Marlboro Man? Oh, he's one of the two. I can't remember. He could have just walked off set because what the fuck ever, like his part's over. Right. But they have to show him get on a Harley and then do like, um, like like a crane shot following him down the street as he drives away. Like he's the hero of the movie. Yeah. So then there's this shit where like yeah. Dakota is that, um, mother and daughter are moving away from um Deborah Unger because Deborah Unger's a bitch. So they're gonna move to California to start their life over. And the girl's like, we got one thing to do before we leave. And they go to see Nicolas Cage. So I need to read this verbatim because it's hilarious. So they're standing there at the outside of Nick Cage is on the inside of like the police lot. (coughs) Like the fucking cruiser lot. And Mm -hmm. mother and daughter on the outside of the fence, like looking in, like with their hands, like linked through the um, whatever the fucking uh, chain link. Yeah. So the mother says, I told you before, I don't meet too many real life heroes. And Nick Cage says, ma'am, your daughter's the real hero. And the woman says, well, I guess I'll leave you two alone. And then storms off. Like, it seriously is the most inappropriately, like, weirdly sexualized encounter 
where Nick Cage is just like, you know, your daughter was real tough through all this, like your rape and standing up to the bullies and like you should be proud of her. And the woman's like, well, I guess you're going to fuck her, huh? It's, it's so weird. So then they have a hard, whatever, heart to heart moment. And then he leaves and that's the end of the movie. So here are some of my notes, right? First of all, this is a Patriot picture. Which also produced Running with the Devil and I believe Stolen, if I'm not mistaken. Is, or is this is this the is this the one where we started developing yeah, through some the, research conspiracy theory about like Russian money or something? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's the Russian cell company. So yeah, yeah, yeah. here's another Cage movie. Um, somebody says a line at one point where it's like, I don't know, her husband's a big shop plumber. What do you want me to do? And I had to like I had to rewind it a little bit because I was like, did they say fucking plumber? Like who is a big shop plumber? Because they're talking about how somebody can afford to buy something. Anyway, it's it's a ridiculous like like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like like envious moment for nothing. Like, okay, he's a big shop plumber. I guess it's meant to establish that they live in a poor area and like that's like a job that is like really considered to be like almost a wealthy job, but it's not like very well done. Um, the father of the two scumbag boys um, when he's talking to Don Johnson and Don Johnson is saying like it's gonna, he's going to charge them for both the boys separately because it's two separate cases and the father's like well in reality it's just one case because even though it's two boys it's just one crime you're going to be making the same argument and Don Johnson's like mm, you would have made a good lawyer you know like you got, you got a pretty good argument and the father says, I mean, come on, a woman got two babies. She don't do twice as much work. She got two tits for a reason. And I was like, what the fuck is that logic? But that, that's like an actual quote from the movie because I wrote it down. Um, there's a point where the woman who's like all distraught because her case is going to be, she thinks her case is going to be dismissed, is like wandering like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, like uncertainly through the neighborhood. And she walks past the sign that says drive like your kids live here and then walks down the road and almost gets hit by a car. So that's that's real classy. It was a good moment. Um, I don't understand that quote. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here about me being flabbergasted about the fact that these men continuously admit to raping and beating this woman while they're awaiting trial. Yeah. Um, and continue to just like threaten witnesses the whole time. Like, yeah, it's cool. Right. The funny thing about this movie, so this is 2017. So Cage probably filmed it in 2016. Mm-hmm. So his hair was definitely like receding at that point and thinning and like going gray. So this is like the greatest Nick Cage hair weave you've ever seen. It's like, I swear, like, you know, they call a mullet like party in the back, business in the front or whatever. It's like, Shag in the back, fucking Joanne fabrics in the front or something. It looks like yarn and moss or something, but it's just all spray painted black. Like it's the worst weed. So <laughs> anyway, so that's the movie. Awesome. Yeah. I, I it, it it it's hard for me to continue to contextualize this stuff by saying like this is the worst Nick Cage movie. Right. But if this isn't in, like, the top three, at least it's got to be, like, one or two. I, I mean, if, look, if there's worse than this and fucking Seeking Justice and fucking Grand Isle and whatever the fuck else, like, I've had to endure, I don't know. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Yeah. And you know what? He doesn't care about this movie at all because he never acts. He just kind of sits there and like stares at somebody and then delivers a line. Yeah. And then you move on to the next scene. The only real paper that reviews this is the Los Angeles Times. Um, oddly, I guess there's just not enough reviews. Rotten Tomatoes has it as a like zero reviews, but when you scroll down, there's actually four reviews. Right. LA, LA Times reviews it and um, calls his performance detached. Yes, it's accurate. <laughs> Detached portrayal of a guy whose mind is permanently elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, like in the next movie, he's going to get forced to make so he can pay off his goddamn IRS. Thing. Right. So, 
so here's I mean it's seriously it's like such bad performances so there's a really funny user review on IMDb where the guy basically blames this movie being bad on the editing he's like I don't know anything about making movies and I've never thought about editing before but this movie would have been good if it would have been edited better so I mean that's probably the most hopeful thing that you could ever say about this movie and definitely like shows a faith in humanity like far beyond what I have that this man thinks that this movie could be saved god it's just so bad there's it's seriously there's like it's the worst worst written dialogue the performances are top to bottom horrendous like there's no good performance in this movie so the mother with the fish lips is, yeah. is the woman that played Lucy Ewing in um Dallas um I don't know if you know Dallas well enough to to know. Who no, that no, is. no, she was also she was also on later years uh, Match Game as well, which um, I used I've I've always watched Match Game, but um, well, that I might actually know. Seventy nine eighty seventy nine eighty two. Oh, I don't know that part. Charlene of Tilden. Nah, I didn't even recognize her there. Yeah, she, it's Doesn't pretty. Tra- I, I was reading about her while you were like talking about um the movie, and uh, it's a pretty tragic life. Pretty tragic life, um, overall. Like, just not tragic, just sad. <laughs> I really had another point I wanted to make about this awful movie, and I can't remember. <laughs> like, I don't know who's mining Joyce Carol Oates novellas for fucking story ideas. Well, lucky, like, l- lucky for you, Frank, because um, for this <clears throat> second drink now, um, I'm gonna tell you because uh, I've been I've been doing research, so I think. And look, we shit on people all the time on this podcast, so like I understand what it takes to make a movie and all that kind of stuff, but um, I'm still gonna always do that. So the guy that wrote this, um, who's John Mankiewicz, um, he has a pretty long history in Hollywood. He started out writing a couple episodes of um, Hill Street Blues, Miami Vice, and stuff like that. Uh, mm. Very, very much into crime type stuff. Like, so he ends up, like, writing through the years on, like, different episodes of um, Karen Sisko, The Division, if you remember that show from the early 2000s. Um, I do. New Amsterdam, In Plain Sight, The Mentalist, um, House of Cards, he writes a, a number of episodes for um, Bosch, you know. So he also becomes a producer and produces a lot of those shows as well. So, I mean, he's... um so. I have to believe that because he mainly writes television, that this is like almost like a passion project of his, maybe. Um, because he does not write. This is the only like actual screenplay he's ever written. So it's like he read the story. He's like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> like I'm going to adapt this thing. So, so that's how it like. That's that's how Joyce Carol Oates gets mine in my mind is that this guy just like is like yes this is it like um, this is what I'm going to do now the director is a much more fascinating story the guy who does not have a Wikipedia page the reason he doesn't have a Wikipedia page is because he is a stunt coordinator oh yeah 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 okay i did read that a little bit go ahead he's a stunt coordinator who seemingly meets up with cage um it looks like on drive angry but then is also a stunt he's a stunt coordinator there then he's a stunt performer on seeking justice and then the stunt coordinator on rage and a stunt coordinator on uss indianapolis um, so I think like Cage maybe like because those aren't necessarily the same ones that uh, Patriot Films does or anything like that. So I'm thinking he must have a relationship with Cage in some way. Um, by this point, like once they meet, um, so he has never done like. Hold on, director. I don't know. He has other movies. Okay, hold on. Uh. He has one called Skeleton Man and then Case 13. I don't know that movie either. So these are all really low budget. So this is his breakthrough. 
right? Ooh. Um, and then he has a few more, and he has three more in pre-production. <laughs> so, well, glad to see he's working. Right, sure, but yeah, this guy is a stunt coordinator and um has no movie, even though he's done six. He has no Wikipedia page, um, so I can't imagine the movies are any better than this movie. I don't know that I ever want to find out. He's got, he's completely like, he completely lacks all charm and nuance in his direction. And yeah, it's just ham fist. I mean, I swear to God, the drive like your kids live here and then her almost getting hit <laughs> is worse than the fucking time expired Ziggy thing in The yeah. Wire. Because at least that was sandwiched around some good shit. Right. So he has a movie called Hangman. And I almost want to watch this fucking movie. Um, he has a movie called Hangman in 2017 that has Pacino, Carl Urban, and Brittany Snow in it. That's something. A homicide detective brings his partner out of retirement to help catch a serial killer whose crimes are based on children's gang game Hangman. Oh my god, I can see Pacino doing that, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> this movie I, this here's the thing, is like last was it last week? The yeah, Grand Isle, like you said this the right. worst. Um I enjoyed listening to Grand Isle much more. This sounds worse to me. Having to, having to listen to it because it's so much more bland than Grand Isle. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, like, Grand Isle is terrible. But Cage is into it being terrible. Like, he's all about that shit. And even though it's, like, not a great performance, it still is, like, a heartfelt performance in the sense that, you know, whatever. Like, any bad Cage performance, you can get some enjoyment out of. And the movie's so ludicrous that you laugh. Right. Like, I laughed at this movie, but it was just out of, like, dumbfoundedness, maybe, or whatever, like, the equivalent of that emotion is. And, I, look, I'm a grown man. I'm not, like, a 14-year-old anymore. Like, movies about rape, there's just nothing, like, that's, it, it's so unnecessarily exploited. Mm-hmm. Let's make mm-hmm. another Joyce Carol Oates movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure she got other stuff. I don't, don't know if I've ever read any Joyce Carol Oates shit, but I'm sure she got something else that would lend itself to, you know. Joyce Carol Oates has a lot of she has a lot of shit. <clears throat> oh yeah, she written a lot of stuff. It took me forever to find what kind of this was because I had to like, I looked through like novels and I was like, nah, it's not here. And then I looked through short stories. I was like, nah, not here either. And then I got the novellas. I was like, oh okay, this is why because it's like 80 pages long or something. Um, it's just, it's, it's very poorly written and heavy handed and uninteresting and God, it's just like so ludicrous, like all the time, like none of it makes any sense. No one's logic makes any sense. Like it's no semblance of a world that anyone lives in, except for the fact that like it takes place in the real world. And there's absolutely no fantastical element. Like, at least Grand Isle has, like, and they don't really address it, but at least it has, like, the fake, like, serial killer, whatever, um, subplot of, you know, the bitches in the basement or whatever. Like, this is nothing. This is just a bad, bad, bad. No character's motivation makes any sense. The resolution makes no sense. The fact that Nick Cage can murder four people and get away with it, like, makes no sense. The fact that he does it because he shows no emotion whatsoever, so why does he even fucking care? That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It was worth my time. But, on the positive side, off the fucking list. Now, this is where we end up. Oh, hold on. What are the scores? The cage performance is like a one. I mean, it's literally like one of the worst cage performances ever. There, there's nothing there. It's like, <laughs> well, right, it's like the absence of a performance almost. It seems so. I, I don't even believe he memorized it, his line. Is it not applicable? 
No, it's a one because he he emotes a couple of times on accident. Um, the movie's also like it's it's like a point five or something out. Like, oh, the movie Jesus. be a zero. Uh, yeah, I think so. I I Frankie watched this movie with me. Uh and I looked over at Frankie and I said Am I watching this movie? Like what am I doing with my life? Like this movie's never going to end. And he'd be like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, it's really bad. And then you go back to playing his switch or whatever. And I'm still sitting here watching it. And it's like like, where's my escape? Like, I gotta watch this fucking movie. And they, I don't know. But 2017 is done now. Is because it? there's a movie... Well, there's a movie called Dark in 2017. But it turns out it's just a reworked version of Dying of the Light. And I ain't counting that shit. I'm not fucking watching it. Dying of the Light was terrible. I'm never Dude. revisiting that movie. Hold on, wait. Fuck that movie. It doesn't I, count as so much. This, this, is, this might be the movie. This might be the movie that always gets us, like, when we do this. We've done inconceivable. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. do not remember this movie. At, inconceivable at all. is where Nick Cage and whatever her fucking name is are lawyers, and they want to have a baby, but she doesn't want to get pregnant, so they have a surrogate get pregnant for. Her. Then the surrogate doesn't want to give up the baby. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, when right. you de- when you de- when you describe it to me, I remember it. When I try to read the Wikipedia article about it, I do not remember it. Here's how you should remember it: It's called inconceivable because they can't conceive a child. Mm. That's the clever like hook okay. of the title. So 2017 is done. Yes, thank right. fucking god. Okay. All right. Well, that's something. Mm. 2018 is almost done too. We just got to talk about um, Into the Spider Verse and Teen Titans. I got to watch fucking 211 at some point. Praise Jesus. 211's always available somewhere, it feels like. Isn't it? What does that tell you? Like, when things are always available, it means that there ain't no reason to watch it. Like feels like it's on. Oh, no, never mind. It's not available anywhere. You can You can rent it or maybe, I guess, buy it from Amazon for $10. Oh, Voodoo has it. Voodoo has it for three ninety nine. Are you sure it's not free for Frank? No. Do you have Apple TV? That's still money. Never mind. That's that's not even free there. No. It was free somewhere. Like last. It time. was. It it was. I I've always seen it free somewhere. It was like always on Tubi or something. Whatever. It was on Prime for a while too. It must have been through one of the services that I subscribe to. Yeah, yeah I never seen it there. I've I've seen it on. I know I've seen it on Tubi in the past couple of years. See, see, here's here's the fucked up part about the quick cage. The most <laughs> fucked up part about the quick cage is <laughs> hey. that at some point I'm going to have to pay premium money to watch some goddamn shit ass Nick Cage movie. All of them. All of oh them. Oh my god, two eleven is fifteen dollars on Amazon. Yeah, I thought it was ten dollars on Google. Oh, Fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. Oh, uh, you're gonna hold off on that one. Maybe it'll be free again somewhere. Um, just, hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna do a cursory search. Wait, are you gonna do some eBay? Yeah, man. See how much get a, get, on get, a, get a dollar fifty DVD. Ah, uh, me and my eBay. <laughs> oh yeah. Five ninety five with free shipping on Blu-ray. There you go. There you go. Am I doing this? <laughs> you are, because it's cheaper. Um, God, it's buy three get one free. What's oh? I got to buy three of that. That doesn't help me. <laughs> Give them as gifts. Uh, so, yeah, from this point on, like when we're done, I I did not sit down like I promised on Sunday and like go through and see how many we actually had left, but um. When we're done, like at that point, the quick cage will only come back when Cage has a new movie, and you pretty much have to be on it and just spend the twenty dollars, or go see it in the theater. That's the preferable option, right? At least then it would be an experience as opposed to just fucking drudgery on my goddamn couch, right? All right, six dollars, buy it now, free shipping. Yep, yep. That's how that's how you do it. Do I have any eBay bucks? No. 
Well, there it is. Yeah. Check out success. Your order's in. Uh, I told you the other day when we were doing this shit, but like I got this shelf that's a mixture of these like fucking amazing classic fucking pieces of film and then Sunny and mm-hmm. goddamned uh, yeah well hardware's down there and so is um Wild at Heart so that's alright yeah <sighs> alright so anyway. I have um I have one thing I want you to look at this is not Nick Cage related whatsoever but well you know this other people don't I've been like watching like obsessively these Hollywood reporter roundtable things um where it's like actors producers writers and they're all just sitting around like this roundtable like being moderated and talking and engaging in conversation with one another so I was watching this one last or maybe a couple nights ago um, it's a pretty good round table. Um, it's, uh, a drama actor round table with, uh, John Lithgow, Jeffrey Wright, Ewan McGregor, Sterling K. Brown, uh, what is it? Who's it? Riz Ahmed and, um, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, interesting. So I want to go ahead and, uh, I'll just share this little clip with you, Frank. I want you to look at this and tell me. Well, I'll just let you watch it real quick. Uh, you've had this tremendous career. What do you wish you would have known at the beginning about um, how to handle Hollywood? This is the Billy guess? Bob Thornton. Mm. Would you have done anything differently? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think I would have changed anything. And it was not easy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was, I mean, I was destitute out here for years. You know? And uh, I, I, now look back on those days as probably my best times out here really? because everything that I do now and draw on comes from that, you know, and, uh, of not wanting to go back to that place. No, I, I loved it in the moment. Right. Uh, I forgot, uh, how, uh, I, I after a while you forget what it feels like to dream. And so I remember being so alive and so eager and, and so uh, in a fever. Mm-hmm. I mean, a bad fever, too, you know, yeah. uh, all at the same time. Uh, but when you have everything ahead of you uh, and, and you're dreaming like that, it, it feels so great. And maybe, maybe at the time, uh, you know, you, you wish things were different or you weren't starving to death or whatever it is. But uh, when I look back on those days now, there were some of the best times of my life. Okay. I want you to get a, like, just a look at him, right? Yeah. So like, as he's talking and stuff, Timothy Oliphant is doing Billy Bob Thornton as Raylan Givens, right? Did you see like the faces that Billy Bob Thornton makes and then think about like what Oliphant does as Raylan Givens? I think he's doing a Billy Bob Thornton impersonation. Really? I'm, po- I'm positive of it. Like there is like I've watched Justified too many times. He I'm positive <laughs> that's what's happening. I mean, you could be right. He's got to draw from somewhere. Right. I always thought that. Raylan Givens was um his dark mirror to uh the Deadwood Deadwood sheriff. Right. Right. Like he took he took that performance and said, What if I make this guy just as moral, but more of a philanderer and more of a um whatever, like anti hero. I don't know. To me, it was always just like a riff off of, um, right, the sheriff on Deadwood. Yeah, I can, I, I can see though that he probably drew from. Yeah, I, I'm always positive of it. Like, there's looks he gives, like just in those, like you know, like yeah. ninety seconds that, like, is exactly things that Oliphant does and Justified. 
keeping himself completely still, keeping those shoulders like slouch it down a little bit, and then the, some of the looks. It's exactly, exactly. I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't know that I have enough Billy Bob Thornton experience to like really judge that. Just except from just watching right there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, watched, what have I seen? Sling right. Blade? Fucking sure. bad Santa. I don't know. Yeah, you you've seen a lot more Billy Bob Thornton than you think. Um, the one where he plays like James Carville or whatever. Oh, Primary I, Colors is that right? Oh yeah 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 uh, yeah that's right. Never mind. Uh-huh. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, look, filmography. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna tell you what what you've seen. Um, oh shit. Tell me. All right. So these are small roles, but uh, possibly in them. But Tombstone, he's in. Okay. Indecent yeah. Proposal, he's in. Yeah. Um, on the On Deadly Ground, you've seen. You gotta You gotta go after Sling Blade because I didn't know who he was before Sling Blade. Okay. Well, he's in Dead Man too, and you would recognize him from that. Like, um, going back and watching it. But okay. But then Sling Blade happens in '96, right? So, um, small role in the Apostle right after that, but U Turn, um, right? You've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not worried about um, voiceover work, but he does the voiceover on Princess Mononoke. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's he's actually good in that. Uh, Burn Hollywood, Bernie's in. Then a simple plan, Armageddon. Right, right. Primary colors, right. I'm assuming you've seen Pushing Tin, right? No, it's the one that I always confuse with Matchstick Men. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, yes, I've, 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 I've seen that. I've seen it. Uh, let's see. What else? <clears throat> uh, Monsters Ball you've seen. Um, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Man Who Wasn't There. Yeah, I've seen that. Bad Santa. Yeah. Love Actually you've seen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, intolerable cruelty. Yes. I'm just go- basically going through his filmography and skipping the movies that I don't know. So you've seen Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's some of these maybe that you have seen. Have you seen The Alamo by any chance from 2004? Yeah. yeah okay. I, I, I watched the movie. Right. The Ice Harvest. Right. Yeah. Bad News Bears, which I think we watched in the theater together. So. Yeah. Right. Um. I don't know what the astronaut farmer is, but that looks like a flower. Oh, I've cover. seen the astronaut farmer. Okay, see? So, you've seen, like, every single one of his movies. <laughs> um, maybe not recently. Maybe not recently, because he's done more television um, in recent years. Oh, he's in that the, He's in that movie that I... in Into the Grizzly Maze that I was bitching about the other night and blaming on Blutso. Um, oh, I've uh, never seen that. Yeah, no, neither have I. It's on like Netflix. I, said, I don't really know his his filmography. On Netflix, or <laughs> right? Um, there's a ba- there's a bad Santa too. I never saw it. Oh, okay, I didn't even know it existed. I don't think. Did it ever um, come out? Or is it something that hasn't been released? It, it came out in 2016. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's a minute. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, in recent years, um, I know him from um, that Goliath show um, right. that's on Amazon. Like, uh, and then um, he was on that season of Fargo that you watched, the first mm-hmm. season, where he's yeah, fucking he's... incredible. Yeah, yeah. Fine, buddy. Fuck you. I guess yeah. I know. Goddamn. You, you've seen probably more if you cut out after Sling Blade and just go from there. You've seen probably over half of his filmography, if not like seventy percent of it. <sighs> fine. Okay. Glad I proved my point on this unrelated topic. There's <sighs> not many left. No. Oh. There's not many left. <laughs> it's, it's like I said, you it's know, a, it, at this point at the, at this point it's like be it's almost becoming like an analogy for the pandemic. Let me let me wax a little more poetic and okay. say that I just feel like motherfucking Sisyphus. Like I got this goddamn rock, and it, you keep telling me I'm almost at the top of the mountain, but at some point, fucking rock gonna roll all the way back down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to push it back up again. I'm gonna sit down this weekend and do it. I'm gonna 
got to text you some questions, like uh, whether things count or not. Like, um, right? Have you seen Inconceivable? That's what you'll ask me. <laughs> See, motherfucking Inconceivable. Well, there's some things like okay, so he's the third. He's third listed on that movie, so it's like on racing, what Racing with the Moon. I don't know that movie. It's from 1984, and you got to watch oh, it. Yeah. Um. See, hit. There's real character names in these things. You gotta watch all these movies, Chris. I know what I gotta do. <laughs> like, like I agree with you. If like it's like, look, you watched Fast Times, and his fucking role was Brad's bud, right? I like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I enjoy <laughs> that movie. I didn't watch that movie for Nick Cage, and I didn't even have to watch it for the podcast because the fuck, like I can talk about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. God, you still gotta watch it. Could happen to you. <laughs> what is that? Could happen to you? I've even seen that one, Frank. Come on. No, I just don't remember what it is. It's the one where he's a police officer. He wins the lottery and like splits his wings oh, with the waitress. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, I, don't a... think, I don't think I mind that movie so much. No, it was I, I, when I was like whatever. Um you know, like 15, it was like, okay, like, romantic comedy, but, um, that'll actually, like, kill 19, no, never mind, that's not true, because you still gotta watch Garden Tests. I'm watching that this weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are. Because it's free somewhere, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, you so know what I... I'm, Do you know what I'm doing right now, just so you know, just for some context of how my life goes? What's that? I'm going through all my streaming services and searching for Nicolas Cage to see mm -hmm. if anything got added this week. Yeah. Since I watched motherfucking... Yeah. What was this goddamn movie called? Vengeance of Love Story. Right. Uh, and you know what? There's nothing new. There's nothing for me to watch. Hmm. Yeah. There's so many. That's right. That's right. They're all hidden. That, yeah. It just means I have to pay for them. I don't think you have. It's close. It's around 20 just by like eyeballing it, I think. Like, I think we have less than 20 episodes left. Or around 20. You have more movies to watch than that because you're going to combine that all. But yeah. But yeah. I'll sit down. Unfortunately, some of these movies I've seen that I don't really need to watch again. Okay. We all need to watch well, into the Spider Verse again because I've seen it all. <laughs> right. I actually really enjoy Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. I say um, that every time we bring up that we have to actually I like um You like all those animated movies that you I think, right? I haven't watched Cruise Two yet, so I don't have an opinion on that, but all the other ones I've seen that I enjoy. We're just gonna I'm gonna watch Cruise Two and we're gonna do an animated night. Yeah, After that's I right. Fucking Wait, right, we've, we've been talking about this for a year. Yeah, <clears throat> that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah, we're just going to do one night of all animated stuff. We're, um, how, we're, how all, awesome we're on is it. That fucking Thunder Force is the number one movie on Netflix in America. That's Melissa McCarthy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks I, like fucking trash. I, I, I don't know anything about it. Um... Other than the images that I see associated with it, it's and... a superhero movie with fart jokes. I don't. I mean, there's Melissa McCarthy, so she's gonna like fart at some point, and someone's gonna make fun of her, and then you're gonna learn about the power of self confidence. <laughs> I mean, look, I think that's probably true. I mean, um, does Melissa McCarthy do any dramatic stuff? Do you not consider Gilmore Girls dramatic? Well, I mean, it's 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 dramedy. Well, sure, but I I get that. But she plays a funny character most of the time. Um, like yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 80, 80, 80, 90 percent of the time, she plays this sure. like kind of you know anxiety ridden kind of ditzy character. Sometimes, um, I I have this feeling that Melissa McCarthy might be. I and I all know because I don't follow her career that closely anymore. But it's like um, I have a feeling she might be a good dramatic actress actually. 
if given the opportunity. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. This was going to happen. Right. <clears throat> Tarantino is going to cast her in his fucking swan song film. <laughs> okay. And revitalize this, her career. This is quite we're a prediction. Gonna talk, we're going to talk about how like fantastic Melissa goddamn McCarthy is. And then she's going to make Bridesmaid 2. And <laughs> fart in a pool. And learn about the power of loving yourself through self-actualization. And that's your lesson, motherfucker. And that's it. And that's it for tonight. So that's it forever. (laughs) 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 Look, I'm flipping through Netflix now. Oh, that would be a that would have been a great ending if the quick cage just never came back. (laughs) That was just it really was just the end, but it's not. And we'll be back next week with um, some other ridiculous movie, probably. See you guys Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Deuces.